the Lord's telling me right now that you should bend over. Steve, you did a great job this weekend speaking. You son of a gun. You didn't even hear it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't even listen to it. You, I was out in the quad. <laughs> bastard, bastard Josh yeah. <laughs> was out there. I come outside and I'm like, hey, so, you know, I'm all stoked because I'm like, work so hard on this message <laughs> thinking this is right up stupid church people alley, you know, and I come out to go, what'd you think, Josh? Like, Dude, I'm sorry. I didn't, I, I didn't even like, listen oh, to it. Sorry. I'm like, you loser. You oh, loser. Wow. So, but thanks for doing the PowerPoint slides anyway. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> you read the message before. Yeah, I read all your notes. It's like, dude, it wasn't that exciting. So yeah. I decided to check out. There you go. <laughs> I don't blame you. Oh, man. But it was fun. And, and uh, thanks for asking. <laughs> Would so, you care? So now you're done speaking. Are you going to keep up with your promise? Uh, that, that promise I made a couple of weeks ago? Yeah. Yeah, the one about uh, not going to church anymore. So are you going this Sunday? That's a good question. And, and, uh, it's actually been, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I said that on the podcast, you know, I said, let's just stop going to church. And it, it was kind of a joke at the time, but at the same time, it was kind of like, I wonder what that would look like if we stopped going, we oh, kind of yeah. bantered it around a little bit. So I think it's a good idea. Maybe we, you know, I, I pulled something off the web. I thought we should talk about because it does pertain to that. And am I going to actually live, you know, what I said I was going to do. So I got this, um, I got this link from another uh, fellow uh, blogger on the web, Eddie O from edgeoffaith.com. Want to give him a little plug there, edgeoffaith.com. He linked me from his site. Only in, because he said the word masturbate. Yeah, in on his the post. Comment. <laughs> he commented on the post and he said masturbate, and I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, he he uh, he gave that comment, man. When he, he, when he very said, well. When he said, yeah, you should go read the comment that he has under our blog, but uh, one of them, he says something about masturbate your self-righteousness to obesity oh. or something. I don't know. And I was like, dude, this guy's for real. I love this guy. Yeah. So I emailed him. And, and anyway, so then I went to his website, edgeoffaith.com. And uh, then there was a link on his website to an article that got my attention for the title. It was called Detoxing from Church. I think I need that. Yeah. <laughs> and I was... have centers around <laughs> South Orange County or something? Yeah, the Betty Ford Detox <laughs> Clinic from Church. I, I don't know, but. But uh, the the guy that wrote this article's name is uh, I want to give him props there. Uh, you know, like shout out to my homie. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, dude, you're as white as they come. I am, man. I'm clear, baby. Uh, <laughs> J- Jason Zari Zara Hardis. Z- I just butchered your name, Jason. Jason Z. Yeah, we'll call him that. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a link on stupidchurchpeople.com to this article. Nice. Called detoxing from church, and so you could try to pronounce your his name your own self. But Jason Z. Um, he talks about this whole idea and he, he makes this statement from a, um, from an email conversation you had with a guy that just said, here, here's a strong statement about most evangelicals. They are addicted to church culture, addicted to church culture. And the only way out, the only way out is for them to detox and step away from church. He says this, I would suggest a time of at least a year of not doing normal church stuff. A year 
get away. So you're just not attending any church, um, any of its functions. Exactly. He says total, like cold turkey, stop going to your church. So do you replace it with something or do you yeah. start something new? Well, that's a good question. Like, like I think what would be key here, it's kind of like AA. <laughs> I think you got to get a group <laughs> of people together and go, let's do this together. Let's stop going. Let's detox from church. Let's detox. The, the radical statement he makes in here is, is um, and, and let me flip over to it. It's pretty cool. It says the harsh, harsh statement is in order to be the church, we need to leave the church. Wow. Wow. So, so when I said a couple of weeks ago, like in my stupidity, <laughs> you know, hey, let's stop going to church. Yeah. I thought I was just kind of kidding around. And you didn't read this article prior to you saying that. Oh, no, not at all. But what was funny is <laughs> I was reading another book at the time. And it was the whole, anyway, it's a whole nother thing. When bad Christians happen to good people, I was reading this book and, and uh, I thought, you know what, I'm going to do it. I'm going to stop going to church. It kind of just came around in my head, but I didn't know that other people were actually writing about it or thinking about it. And that's how naive and uneducated I am. But evidently it's an idea that's going around in some circles. And so I, to I'm be totally the church, we need to leave the church. We need to leave the church. Now, how does that make sense? It says uh, one of the most beneficial things you can do is to take a break from all things church for a while. And so Jason writes, but if your aim is to get people to begin thinking outside the bounds of cultural Christianity, you must make a radical change. So he suggests uh, some, well, what he goes to is the whole idea of there's an addiction by Christians to church. We're addicted to it. What, I, I don't know. Do you, do you, have you ever felt in your life that you were addicted to church? I mean, can you understand what he's saying there? Well, you know, some people need to come for the worship time. Mm-hmm. I need it. You know, I, I, since I am on church staff still, I get when people fill out their little comment cards, I get right. to read every single one of them. Right. You know, it's like, oh, I got my fill right. this week. Man, it was exactly what I needed. So, yeah, I totally understand. They're coming like like an empty tank. Okay, feed me. Fill uh-huh. me up. Right. Put me to full. Right. And as a pastor, a lot of times I would hear from people that would say things like, you know what, I just need to go deeper. I need to go deeper in my relationship with Christ. So, so that's what I want from this church is, is you to help me go deeper. Yeah. You know, and, uh, this whole concept of we're supposed to help people and church go deeper. So he talks about the addiction to church. Um, you know, and I kind of made the, the relationship like this. I was thinking about it like this, the idea of leaving the church to be the church. It's kind of like when people become Christians, they get into the church, almost like the AA thing, you know, where you go, you know, I admit my needs and then you get them into this support group and then you all kind of huddle around each other and help them grow in Christ. You know, it's kind of like being a family, right? Yeah. But we have a little group hug. We tap right. each other on the ass. Good job, <laughs> right. buddy. Circle jerk. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm going with the masturbation thing. Yeah, there you go. Oh my goodness. <laughs> So no, but there is a little bit of that uh, that whole mutual um, mutual uh, a massage that we do for one another. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm okay. You're okay. Oh, uh, I, God I, loves you. Has a wonderful plan for your life. I say, even as a pastor, I I the way I explain it to people is I wear the pastor hat, right, in front of people. All of a sudden, I'd have the kids mm-hmm. in my youth group saying, "You always act so much different in front of our parents." I'm like, of course, because they want to see me as, hey, yeah, oh, great. Uh, yeah, I was praying for you. Right. <laughs> how, about, how about let's pray right now? 
Right. And you, you know, and yet you almost have to play that role to be taken serious <laughs> as a right. pastor and where, you know, all the kids I'm like, yeah, what? Let's talk about farts again. Do do you ever feel like you're um you're an actor playing a role? <laughs> ever? All the time. <laughs> <laughs> I think I it's a weekly stage show. I called I called it uh, you know, I'm a big sports fanatic. I call it like putting on my game face. Mm-hmm. You know, there's times where I've literally drew, you know, driven up to the church as a staff person, having just yelled at my wife and, and yelled at my kids, pulled into the church parking lot and said, okay, it's time to get, you know, kind of like the game face on. And I need to go in and love these people and smile oh, and be yeah. kind. And, you know, I and, think and just and this past Sunday, I was driving to church, listening to Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> F you, I won't do what you tell me. F you, I won't do what you tell me. I get out. I'm like, hey, hey, yeah, hey great. don't do that anymore. <laughs> What? Sing. Oh. <laughs> well, at least I censored myself this time. Thank Jeez. You. Well, okay. It's hey, never good enough for you, huh, it's Steve? It's not. Would you just measure up to my standard? Freaking needy <laughs> bastard. <laughs> Proceed with your article. Proceed with this article. No, what I was thinking. <laughs> oh, I think he's pissed at me. I think he's a little pissed right <sighs> yeah, now. Yeah, because you're a dumbass. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> wow. Tell me how you really feel. You want me to? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Come on over here. Let me hold you. <laughs> so, no, the kids, uh, I was thinking about, it's kind of like, you know, we call the church a family, you know, and, uh, but, but you know what? In the church family, we don't want the kids to leave home. Wait, we, say that one more time for me. Well, we call the church a family, right? Yeah. It's, it's our family, our community, our family. Yes. But in the church, the pastors don't want the kids to leave home. We want Not the kids to stay at home. Oh, and then become leaders. Which is like, you know, kills most of the yeah. <laughs> good volunteers in the world. But, but no, the point is, we don't want the kids to leave home because the kids leaving home is not a good thing. Yeah, because that's less money in our... <laughs> <laughs> it's we, less butts and seats, less money. Come on. It, Let's yes. break it down a little. Well, a little uh, bit. It's a, it's a little bit. That's one part. We want to hold on to those people, you know? Oh, and I've had bad experiences with that. I, I've i hopped around churches where I've worked at. I've, I've been in paid ministry in four different churches. Right. And every time I left a church, it was not for a bad reason. I always left because I went from a volunteer position to I was a paid intern at a position. Uh-huh. Yeah. When I left that church, the church I grew up in, now I left. And I had a bad name at the church. I just left it. Hmm. Left. And I was like, well, how could that happen? The point was, I left. Hmm. So they made up all the stuff. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. So then I'm at the church as an intern. Did a great job. I had, you know, great relationships at this church now. Then an opportunity um, opened up for me to become a director of youth ministries at another church. Uh I'm like, oh, this is great. Just moving up the... Moving up the church ladder. Church corporate ladder, you know? And it's like, okay, I'm going for it. So I go, left my intern job at this church, which everyone loved me. All of a sudden, everyone hated me. Hmm. Like, wow, this is the weirdest thing. But it's happened at every church. And I now believe that every church someone leaves, they're evil for leaving. Why, why do you think, you know, one of the things I was told a long time ago in my church is that if I leave this place, it'll be, you'll regret this decision because you'll, you'll leave this place that, that has always been there for you. You'll always regret the decision about leaving this church. And maybe that's a little bit of, wow. people, 
So, so the people that are stuck and left behind, it's kind of like when somebody gets a job that, and you kind of almost bash them, you know, because they, they moved on. And uh, there's a little bit of uh, jealousy almost about people moving on. Yeah. And uh, so. I mean, because I was moved on for great reasons. Right. It wasn't any bad reasons. Right. Stupid shit. Maybe, maybe they actually just hated you, Josh. <laughs> yeah, they were closet haters. <laughs> maybe they hated you all along and didn't tell you. Well, you know what? Benny Hen, Hen damns you to hell, too. <laughs> I just censored myself. Did you see that? Yeah, that was good. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, um, this article goes on to talk about the Americanized church. The organization, in the Americanized church, the organization is designed to turn life and faith into a simple, prepackaged consumer product. Remember we talked about the Walmart yeah. church. It says, you know, I need to worship, so I go to my local church, which, if it's cutting edge, has a worship pastor on staff that prepares an inspiring worship experience on a weekly basis. I need to fellowship with other Christians. So I go to the church, and they give me a version of community that's programmed to provide surface-level contact with people. Uh, I, I need discipleship and Christian growth. So I go to my local church to attend Sunday services, Bible studies, and small groups. I need to serve, so I go to my local church and participate in a program where I use my skills in a convenient manner to help others. I need to be engaged in missions, so I go to my church to connect to their missions program. Children's program, I need one to educate my life, my kids, so I put them in it. Youth ministry, we've both been a part of that. And then I need purpose in my life, so I go to my church to hoping to find a leader with a vision big enough to inspire me. And so it goes on and on about this whole concept of needing a, uh, a church to help me round out my spiritual life. That's what we need. That's what we provide. So the church has become a provider of services. It's pretty much a social program. Yeah. You know. Uh, That's funny what you say. Like, you know, I need fellowship. So they create something, their, their version of it. Right. Right. Which I've been to some of these, <laughs> these things where... Not only do they provide it on the service level to mix things up, they get like the, you know, the little worksheet they do where find someone who, <laughs> find someone who has black hair, find so, some, put their name here, you know, they, so you're, you have to walk around to everyone and talk to them, you know, and you don't want to. It's like, it's funny, like at our church, uh, I mean, we're ripping a little bit on our church, but, but it happens at every it ha- church. It happens everywhere. So yeah. it's not just our church, but. But like I remember one thing where um where we were all out on the patio and we were having like taco fiesta day or whatever, and then the associate oh. pastor would stand up and go, Okay, everybody, okay, here here's what we need to do. Uh, we're gonna pass up these things and I want everybody to go around and then when you fill in your squares, we got a free t shirt for you. So then you're going around going, Uh, have you ever been to Ohio? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's the, go ahead and tell me, what's your mother's maiden name? And that's, you know, that's how we're getting to know one another. Dude, and I don't even want to be there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't want to get to know these people. And I would rather be at, in the back row at a movie theater with my wife making out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now that's community. It is. Now that is bonding. It is. Yeah. Or, or just, you know, just getting getting away. Let's say let's say you do have something after church where a bunch of people are congregated. You know, I don't need a forced little sheet to make me go around and talk to people. There's already three or four other people. Why do I have to get to know the people I don't know? Well, and I have great community <laughs> with a group of guys weekly. Right. They're non-Christians. 
But let me tell you about how no, 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 transparent. Stop. stop just a second. You're going to hell, my friend. You can't, <laughs> you can't I, hang out with non-Christians. Yeah. Well. What is your problem? I'll see you there, buddy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's my point. I, I actually have great uh, fellowship. <laughs> that's such a great word. I hate that word. Mm-hmm. Koinonia uh, in the Greek. Ooh, thank you. <laughs> Reverend. <laughs> well, you know, I did go to college and all. Yeah, there you go. I got to use Greek Jeez. once in a while. I took Greek, so I got to use it once in a while. I eat Greek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Seriously, you know what I like good. is those little, what are those, what are those, gyros? Gyros. Gyros, whatever they're called. Those are good. They're really good. They're great. Okay, anyway. But no, um, the, the cucumber sauce, though. Is this like the uh, oh. is this like the the uh, cooking portion of the show? Yeah, <laughs> it's freaking good. So you hang out with men and you like to cook. Yeah. Mm, what's that say about Josh? <laughs> well, I'm still here, <laughs> Benny. <laughs> you didn't burn, baby. I didn't burn. burn. So, no, uh, what were you saying? So you, no, you I, have your friends. You know, when I want to experience community with people, I do it weekly. Right. And it's not a church function. So you don't feel the need to... Um, what about small groups? What about them? What about, I mean, what about, <laughs> you know, at, at most churches, most churches, small groups are an integral, are an important. Today, Junior. Small groups are an important part of people getting, every church I've been on staff at, they made a big deal about small groups, that small groups is the way the church grows larger and smaller at the same time, you know, and and so the small group is vital, you know. They say to to this church community, and and so they try to well, put and everybody to, into, and to your growth exactly. That I cannot grow as a Christian unless I'm a part of a small group. Yeah, for whatever reason, that's what people say in the church. What, what about you? Don't you feel like you should be in a small group that's not non Christians? Wait, wait, wait. Do I believe that I should be in a small group? That's n- that you know, you've got your group of guys you hang out with. Yeah, the non-Christian guys that yes. you guys go and cook together. Oh, so, bastard! <laughs> so no, do you feel the need that you and your wife or whatever should go to a small group of Christians from your church? No. Okay, but but isn't that important to our spiritual growth? You know, well, let me explain myself. We definitely need to have Christian people around us. I think. Right. I got you. Babe, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, you need that. Okay. You definitely need to be in the trenches, you know, doing this with other people. Correct. Yeah. I mean, God did create us to have relationships. Right. So I can't say there's no place for it, but I can't rely on a structured <laughs> group of people. I can't even say friends to find that void or, or need. When I started working at um, my church, I was actually told I needed to be in one. Well, I think it was, it was basically part of my job description, and I just stopped going. Well, every church I've I been did at, not like it. Every church I've been at, that's been one of the requirements, and it's been it's been so forced, you know. And as a matter of fact, I think that most churches imply it as if you're a good church member, you're going to be a part of a small group. That that oh, is. Yeah. That goes hand in hand, you know, tithing and small groups go hand in hand. Oh, yeah. And serving. So you got to serve in something. You've got to be a member by uh, going to a small group and tithing. Those are three keys. Yeah. And so that makes you a member of the community. You're a member. Member. Uh, a member. Which is always weird to me. Why, are they, why is there church membership? <laughs> church members. It's like a club. Do I, do I get an ID card? 
Dude, if I'm giving you money, I at least want an ID card. Well, back in the Baptist church, you know, you had your church membership. And uh, when you left the church and went to another church, they actually called it moving your letter of membership. And they would send for your letter like you were you're, you were in a club and you could <laughs> never get awesome. out. That is awesome. See, I want that. Out. We need yeah. to start doing that. There's actually a church in this area that I was a member of and uh, I still get information from them because I can't, I, I only get off the roll or the membership there if I die, I think so. So, or but, damn your own life to hell, <laughs> <laughs> which we're probably accomplishing here at stupid church people. But yeah. the, the thing is that, that this whole small group concept has become so important. One of the problems we had with it in our life uh, is, is that my wife and I would go to these groups and we would be put into this forced relationship, forced community, as it were, with people we didn't know and wouldn't have chosen to hang out with if our lives depended on it, you know? <laughs> and then all of a sudden we're in this group and there's a lot of shared ignorance. You know, there's people sitting around talking about bad theology. And I mean, weird stuff happened in that group mm. that I won't go into. But it's just, you're sitting around with these people and you're going, you, you, I can't believe you just freaking said that, you know, that's not even biblically right. And, and this person over here is having a real crisis of faith. And you're basically saying if they don't shape up, they're going to hell or something. It's just like, it's all whacked out. And so I'm just like, get me out of here. I don't want to be a part of this group. I hate (laughs) <laughs> I really hate small groups. They were exercising the demons. I hate <laughs> small groups. I'm going to say it now for all yeah. to hear. I think small group ministry is so outdated and wrong. Why can't we just get together with people? What's wrong with natural relationships? You know, where you throw everybody in a room, aren't people going to migrate to people that they like, yeah. you know, and they're going to form a relationship. And then, and then from that relationship, that's where my discipleship or my buddies come from that I work through my faith with. So here's the question. Can a small group be as small as two people? I think a small, we're, well, we're two or more not, gathered, not brother. Your, not your answer, the church answer. Oh, the church answer is no. It's got to always be, you know, eight to 10 people. <laughs> yeah. And, but why couldn't it just be you and me? We're two or a small group. Well, and one of the things they want to do with small groups is funny is actually you get a group of people that actually like each other and you get 10 or 12 couples together that actually like each other. And then what do they do? They force them to split up. Oh, yeah. So that they can go greet and make more friends, you know? Definitely. And, and it's like, why don't the people that don't have a small group just make one if they really like yeah. each other? And my thing is, if people were really interested, they would form a group anyway. You know, back in, my, in the old days, which were so great, <laughs> but- our families just got together with people from the church that we liked <laughs> and we'd hang out with after church or whatever. Why did it have to be this whole small group thing? What- so small groups have definitely become a group of forced friendships of people who don't really fucking care. Well, <laughs> I try to keep, keep with the you F couldn't. letter. You just couldn't do it. But the small groups are a program. They're, they're nothing more than yeah. a program. It's no different than, it's no different than any other program in the church. It's a program. It's it's uh, it's designed around a consumer mentality because you have you have programs around felt needs. You have small groups around felt needs, right? Small groups for divorced families, small huh, groups for single right. moms, small groups for this. It's not just small groups of a bunch of people that like each other. You've got men's small groups. You got women's small groups. So there's sw- small support group. groups. They're support groups. That's, that, all, that's they are. all they are. Let's call it what it is. It's a support group, and that's there's huh. nothing wrong with that in my opinion, if you just call it what it is. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it, but it just can't be forced upon you. It can't be the way, you know, it can't be like, this is the way we do it here, Uh and this is the right way, you know. 
Um, yeah. I just I just feel like sometimes in the churches I've been a part of, if you weren't in a small group, you were a second class Christian. Hmm. I, I don't know if you've ever had that feeling at all. <laughs> well, and then then this guy goes on uh, an, enough about small groups. He talks about needing to serve and how you know we so we get involved in serving in the children's ministry or whatever. And uh, that's like, you know, so we, we basically program ways for people to serve. God forbid anybody have an original idea because uh, people can't <laughs> think on their own. Um, I need to be engaged in missions. So we plug into the church missions programs that they've, you know, already uh, pre-screened and pre-selected. Yes. Nothing radical, mind you. You know, uh, I need a children's program to educate my kids. Now, this is important, you know, and actually this has worked for me, you know, because I just drop my kids off and I don't have to worry about what what the, I don't have to do anything at home because they learn about the Lord at, at church. So I'm good. I'm off the hook there. And then I need a purpose for my life. So I go to my local church and I hope to find a leader with a big enough vision to inspire me. It's what uh, what Jason says here. Jason says, I need to find a leader. So so I sacrifice my time, energy and money to become involved in the leader's vision. That's cool. Oh, yeah. So what I do is I become involved in the leader's vision so I can build something big for God. New programs, new buildings, new projects, new groups, new services, new converts, new church plants, new community centers, new missions, more and more and more vision to give my life a reason to exist. Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) We're going to put this link on the website. You got to read this article. It'll change your life. Okay. (laughs) Well, and so that leads us to the pastor problem, Josh. Yes. The pastor problem. The bastard problem. (laughs) Yeah, the bastard problem. I thought we already talked about this. We're not pastors. We're bastards. Yes. So Um, if you're going to read something that says pastor, you better replace the the word. The bastard problem is this, that, that, and I'll paraphrase here. But there becomes this weird thing as a pastor because my self and my ego gets tied up in my church programs. And so my success as a human being is tied up into whether my church is having success. So a few months ago as a junior high leader, when I was leading the junior high ministry at the church, or, or as you were leading youth ministry at the church, or years ago as a high school leader, you would go through this process that freaked you out. That if the kids were coming and things were growing numerically, then I was a success. But if they weren't, I was a total failure. Definitely. And I felt like that. I it's felt like, like that. success by numbers. Total success by numbers. And, and as leaders, we get caught up in this whole, you know, my life, my faith is synonymous, synonymous Jason says here, synonymous uh, with the success of the organization. It's synonymous. And so I begin to lose my own personal you know, personal self, my role and effectiveness as a pastor are connected to my own formation as personal development. Something I realized a long time ago, and, and I don't know whether this is true or not for all pastors, bastards, but, yeah, what I re- <laughs> but what I realized is that most of us that have served in full-time church ministry um, feel the need, <laughs> cannot have a personal faith crisis. You cannot not believe in the Bible or it would mean your job. Oh yeah. Your job's at stake. Your so, whole livelihood. Yeah. So you put on that happy face and you put on that good, you know, that good love people and whatever. And I believe in God and whatever. And whether you do or not, or whether you have doubts or not, and you go on and, and you perform on Sundays and you perform the best of your abilities. And, uh, well, anyway. and, and you have to put out this, this lie that 
you're not really a flawed person. Hmm. Um, I wish we could just accept pastors, bastards, <laughs> as, you know, normal people. As the stupid church people that they are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wish that I I could walk into every church and just see a transparent person on the stage. Hmm. But most people up on that stage, man, I I will never know them deeply. Right. Because it, all I know of them is pastor this, brother right. this, reverend this, and you know that life. You don't know the real life of that actual, the life they actually live or the, the real person they are. Well, the transparency is risky. To be transparent, you have to risk that you don't know And that's why we're not full-time ministry anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, you can't be transparent fully without getting a little bit of a almost disappointment from people because people are looking up to you and wanting you to be real. Yeah. And uh, I think there can be a place where that is, but I haven't found it yet where where my total transparency and honesty is allowed, you know, is allowed because it's it's just it's one of the things it says that those that one of the sentences here it says it we blur the line as pastors between my personal life and faith and my abilities as a leader of an organization. My my personal life and faith becomes blurred with my abilities as a leader. So if my relationship with my wife isn't perfect, then can I be a leader? You know, I've heard that often. Yeah. You know, or what about my finances? If my if my personal finances are I'm having trouble, then I must not be a good Christian. I must not be yeah. a good church leader. I can't lead the church. You know, we have to be above reproach. We can't, you know, anyway. So uh, anyway, I just think it's kind of cool. Well, we just, pastors need to become just a little bit more real. Little, exactly. A little more open. And, and, I, and I agree. And I think one of the ways that pastors could free themselves is to get away from it. I mean, if, A, if nobody ever went to church anymore, we wouldn't need pastors. I mean, why don't the pastors just all resign tomorrow and become normal people? Yeah. It, it, <laughs> no, I mean, let them resign. We'll, we'll still pay you. <laughs> just quit. Just stop being the pastor. Just be Billy up on the stage. Mm, good and, point. And still get a salary. You're saying virtual resignation. Yeah. <laughs> Take away all, you know, the titles. Oh, because I loved it titles. when I got my title. Come on. Right. You know, take away all the titles. Just be real. You know? This is a guy who talks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's it. Right. Right. You're going to start listening to him differently. Mm. And maybe that's our problem, but I think it's something that was forced on the whole title thing. Hey, I'm a pastor, and I'm going to be the best bastard I can be. Mm. You know? And it, we're turning pastors into celebrities. Mm. And there's no need for any celebrity in the church. Mm. Good. That's good stuff. Uh, he's, he goes on here, and I think it's great. And, and this is something you and I are going through. And you're, what's neat is you're kind of a, a virgin right now. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're kind of at a virgin position. I've been kind of going through it for five or six years. Yeah. So, so it's this whole stripping away, detoxing for, from, from church. It says, now strip everything away. Imagine what you would have left after you move, remove from your life everything connected with the church. I mean everything. Um, he says this, I've discovered the hard way that living most of my adult life in Christianity has formed my entire identity as a Christian. And, and how that whole process of being in the church has formed who I am. It's, it's how I identify myself. I identify myself as a Christian 
that cannot exist anywhere but the church and where most of my Christianity happens is in the four walls of the church. So we've lost the sense of identifying ourselves in Christ for identifying ourselves in the church. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. He says, I'm confronted with the true raw status of my personal faith when I strip away the church. Yeah, it's very true. I agree with him, and I'm right there with him. If, if, I, if I pull away my crutches, yeah. if I pull away my small groups, if I pull away my Sunday message, if I pull away my worship experience, if I pull away my pastor leading me, if I pull away my tithing, you know, would I be able to stand on my own? Much like we go back to the initial illustration, much like making the kid move out of the house. Yeah. Don't we want our kids to become men and women? So we pull away the crutches. We say, you go get a job. You supply your own income. You supply your own vision for your life. You supply your own education. You know, you go out there and do it. So really what we've, we've become is the 32-year-old fat ass who's stuck living in his parents' basement. Hey, everybody, it's Steve reminding you to send us an email at stupid at stupidchurchpeople.com or call us, leave a voicemail. We'll put you on the air at 512-857-9647. Vote for us at podcastalley.com. We're going to number one, baby. We want to give a shout out and a thank you to Eddie at edgeoffaith.com. Check out his site and Jason Z for his article, Detoxing from Church. We're going to put a link on our website for that. We'll see you guys later. Adios, muchachos! You're such a faggot! I hate you.